listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert, and I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships, take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And today, I've done it yet again, I believe, I found yet another interesting book. Can I help it if I know how to choose interesting books with interesting authors, and um, the book is called The Broken Picker Fixer, From Heartbreak to Soulmate, Finding the Love You Desire in 12 Weeks or Less. So let me bring on the author, and we're going to find out exactly how to uh, fix our picker. I know that sounds dirty. <laughs> fix our picker, not our pecker. Okay. Hey, Dawn, welcome to the show. Hi, Lucia. How are you? I'm just wonderful. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Let me give you a little introduction. Dawn Maslar, uh, Maslar, MS, is a professor, author, speaker, life coach, and radio talk show host. She's a member of both the Florida Speakers Association and the National Speakers Association. And the book, of course, The Broken Picker Fixer, found at thebrokenpickerfixer.com. So how did you come to write this book? Well, I came because of my own experience. I had a broken picker, unfortunately, so I kept being attracted to the wrong type of guy. And the guys would change, but the the situations would be the same. It would always lead to heartache. And finally, I had to take the time to work on myself. And once I worked on myself, I was able to address the underlying cause of why I had a broken picker. And then... I realized that there was a lot of women out there that had the same situation I had, and that's why I wrote the book. Um, so, yeah, in the beginning of the book, you tell the story about the guy who jumped on the hood of your car with the distributor wires. Uh, go through that story. Well, I was uh, I had a guy I was leaving, um, getting into my car, and he jumped on my hood. In, in his hand, he was clutching my distributor wires, and he was standing on the hood, flailing around like a wild man, screaming, ha, ha, you can't go anywhere now. And I took that as a sign that he loved me, and I married that man. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. was my husband number one. Oh, my in God. In the beginning of a line of broken picks. Wow. And how long did that marriage last? About a year and a half. Oh, okay, good. How, how Were you in your 20s at that time? Yeah, he was my high school sweetheart, Oh, actually. okay, good. <laughs> I kind of, you know, you can be a little bit, bit forgiven, you know, for thinking he that that guy would be in love with you. Um, so then when you say, oh, I thought it was wonderful. It's like, oh, he wants me to stay. He must oh, love yes. me. Oh, yes. He pulled the distributor wires out. What a man. <laughs> <laughs> and and then once you figured out what you needed to do and to fix it, then how long did it take you to actually change? The process takes. The book title has like 12 weeks or less, and it depends on where you are at in your particular situation, and I kind of give you some guidelines, but it usually takes about like three months to kind of go through the process because you're, you need to address the underlying cause. Now, I've had some women I've worked with that have taken a longer time, in the, and that's good too because the longer that you take to work on yourself, the better pick you pick later on. Right. Does that make sense? The more you fix your picker. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that either you can work out issues in the relationship or prior to the relationship. Right. So then what would you define as a broken picker? I think we already know, but maybe what's your definition of it? It's just an attraction to the wrong man. And, the, and what I mean by a wrong man is a man that usually leads to heart break or heart ache. Um, so, you know, 
or the man is just wrong for you. One of the men that I was attracted to actually actually happened to be in a band. In and a what? I like to be. Uh, excuse me. He he was in a what? I didn't hear what you said. He was in a band. Oh, a band. He okay. A band. Oh, we've all and dated those guys. He played in a band at night. Now I'm a I was a college professor. I am a college professor. So I work during the day and I like to go to bed around you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. That's when he started his job. So our lifestyles didn't really fit very well, but I was hoping once, you know, we fell in love, he would change for me. Mm. Well, wanting somebody to change is not fair. It's not going to lead to a healthy relationship. So that that is another definition of a broken picker, when you're trying to squeeze somebody in, change somebody to fit into what you want. And do you think that there's like one common reason, one main reason for a woman having a broken picker? Well, there are several uh, underlying causes. So in, in, uh, for each person, it's different. The, some of the underlying causes include unresolved pain, a belief of a lack of love, some negative programming, or, or not defining what you want. In that particular situation with band member, I didn't define what I wanted. But it could be like negative programming. I had a girlfriend who believed that all men cheated. And because of that belief, she was always attracted to men that cheat because you resonate with what you believe in. So mm -hmm. if you have an underlying belief that you know men are cheaters or men are angry, you're always going to be attracted to that because the other way it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, I've also heard it said that, you know, let's say if you go to a party and you see a guy across the room and you're like in instantly attracted, that that's the guy you should stay away from. That Well, that's your picker in action. <laughs> you know, that, little, <laughs> that little like, woohoo, you're all tingly inside and you go walking over there and he's, you know, he is a merchant marine and he's stationed for like one more week and you're like, okay, that's enough time for me. <laughs> that You know, that's going to be heartache. You're usually going to want to try to get him to stay or try to change that or whatever. But, it, again, there is an underlying belief system, and it's hard to quantify that belief system, but that's what causes you to be attracted to somebody. And when you're able to fix yourself and, and change your underlying belief system, you pick better people. Yeah, in fact, so you... It, um, you, you wrote, um, and I quote, men that have heartbreak written all over them have us jumping around like we're walking on hot coals. Exactly, exactly. We love the, you know, I used to love the adventurous one, you know, the, you give me a guy that just walked in off a of Harley and I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want the accountant. No. Forget about him. Hell no. no. He's too boring. But yeah. I like the guy with no job. <laughs> yes, no car, no money, no home. <laughs> exactly. If he's on probation, he's got a he's got an ankle bracelet. He's my man. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I was watching an episode of Cheaters last night, and uh, the woman that was cheating, she had gone back to her ex-husband who had just gotten out of jail. And uh, and so then, of course, the the new guy that she's with, who's the good guy, you know, he comes with the cameras, you know, because she had been cheating. And and she and you know what she said to him? She's like, "Well, you're such a good guy." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because again, it's, it's what we believe. So if we have this underlying belief about men, and I had, I myself had an underlying underlying belief I was not worthy, and I go, I talk in the book about where that came from, and I had to kind of find that and heal that. But that unworthiness caused me to pick guys that believed I was unworthy. So there were guys that were going to not treat me as well as the good guys would. Right. And that's, you know, that was part of my problem is I kept having this on-again, off-again relationship because the guy would come along when he wanted to be with me, but I wasn't getting much out of the relationship, and I kept trying to figure out why I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get him to do what I wanted him to do, and that's, it was because I was with the wrong person. Yeah, so uh, I think we may have already answered this, but so how do women generally go about picking guys? I think they pick guys mostly from looks. You begin, I mean, you have to have that Something. little bit of chemistry. Yeah. You have to have that kind of, that 
un, unquantifiable something that attracts you to the man. And then once you start talking, you can see if you are have things in common. And unfortunately, sometimes the things that we have in common are these uh, subconscious little belief systems. Mm-hmm. So we, once we start talking and we, we kind of figure, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, family uh, connections and, you know, things that we, the way we grew up, usually those give the same type of belief systems. So when we, you know, we feel attracted to people that are, are kind of similar to us, mm-hmm. similar in backgrounds, and you usually don't, you don't be, you don't usually attract complete opposites. Right. Um, okay. So then at the beginning, you have this um, list of how someone can tell if their uh, picker is broken. So let me go through a few of these. Of course, these made me laugh because I totally saw myself in these. Um <laughs> <laughs> you said the man you just slept with didn't call you. Okay, your picker, you, you may have a broken picker if the man you slept with didn't call you the next day. So, that's, so. You might have one. Oh, okay. You might have one if he didn't call you the next day. Uh-huh. You definitely have one if he doesn't call you the next day and it's the fifth time. Right. That it happens, right. So, so that, are you saying that if if we have sex with someone and he doesn't call the next day, that we should just move on? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh huh. What I'm saying is that if you keep having sex with people and they don't call you, ah. and they, you don't hear from them again, you probably have a broken picker. Okay. So okay, so it's like the fifth guy to do that or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. It was kind. Of, it's kind of a, a takeoff of um, Jeff Foxworthy. You might have a, you might be a redneck. Yes. Okay. You might have a broken picker. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. Duh. All right. How about you start dating a man? You might have a broken picker because you start dating a man because well he's so damn sexy. Exactly. And you definitely have a broken picker if you date a man well because he's so damn sexy. And that that's saying that if there's nothing else. Yeah. You know you you have nothing else in common. You know the guy doesn't. He only grunts his words. <laughs> but you keep dating him because, well, he's just so damn sexy, then you might have a broken picker. I have had women that have stayed in relationships for years with guys that they didn't have anything in common with and they didn't really respect just because he was kind of eye candy. Mm. Right. You've <laughs> 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 been there, done that. Um, okay, so here's another one. You might have a broken picker if... And again, this sounds like me. You go to a business function full of eligible men, but find yourself wildly attracted to the hunky bus boy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then you definitely have a broken picker if you leave the business function and take off with him. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would at least stay for the business function. And then... <laughs> Um, you said you might have a broken picker if you're reading this and you're thinking, it's not my picker, I just haven't found the right guy. Exactly. <laughs> but it's probably exactly. the picker. So, um, okay, and then you talk about some of the wrong men. So let's go through some of these. Uh, who is Mattress Man? Oh, Mattress Man is the man who appears to have a mattress on his back. He's <laughs> the one that... Rico Suave, and he's like, he's got all the lines, and he's just trying to sweep you off your feet and flat on his, your back. And and basically, you kind of know the game when you first meet him, but you're still kind of attracted to him, and you kind of feel like you, he might, the relationship might be over once he beds you, but you still kind of play with fire, and then it, it happens that you end up sleeping with him, and then he's gone, because it was all about the conquest. It wasn't about a relationship. Yeah, why do you think we're so attracted to wanting to play with fire? Again, it's going to be the there's an underlying belief system or there's an underlying uh, unresolved pain that needs mm. to be addressed. And it it's going to be different for each woman, but for like I would find myself in that situation because of my unworthiness. Mm-hmm. And I would think that if I was able to Get him to love me. I could prove that I was worthy. Right, and then he pro- then he doesn't love you, and then you feel even more unworthy. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a you know, not a, not a good plan. <laughs> yeah, you're just digging a deeper hole. 
Um, okay, and then another guy is Teflon Man. Who is that? He's a guy you can't get a relationship to stick. Mm. You know, you, you start dating him, and he, and he seems like he wants to have a relationship, and he'll actually say he wants to have a relationship, and then all of a sudden he stops calling you, and he's gone for a week, and you're like, where have you been? Yes. And he's like, he all, he's busy all the time, yes. and you know, just can't seem to get the relationship to go. Right. I just I had one of those, and I got rid of him recently. Yes. <laughs> um, Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, because I decided I want a relationship, and so when I saw him acting that way, I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. Don't have time for this. That's great, Lucia, because a lot of women will sit there and try to figure out what to do, and then they start, you know, try to manipulate, and you get frustrated, you know, and it, it it's very frustrating for, because you're, you're, you call your girlfriends, and you're like, well, he said this, and you're trying to figure out exactly how, what his subliminal messages mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I recently heard a quote that said, the wrong guy will have you uh, wondering, the right guy won't. Exactly. So, exactly. Okay, then uh, next we have Mr. WWIT. What does that mean? Oh, that was, what was I thinking? Mm. You know, the guy who, he seems, he doesn't even seem right to begin with, but you, you just kind of wa- attracted to him, then you end up, having a relationship or, or sleeping with them, and then a little while later you wake up and go, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Once, once the hormones kind of wore off. Yes, once you've come out of the fog. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially if, if, you put, if you add alcohol, this compounds the broken picker syndrome. Yeah, yeah, I know. A lot of times you, you uh, uh, women say, that, you know, they slept with someone or they did something dumb or guys, too, and I go, why? And they're like, well, you know, I was drinking. I'm like, ugh. Exactly. That's the what, That's the WW, what was I thinking, guy. When you wake up and you're going, oh, I don't, I'm not sure why I was attracted to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we have Mr. White Knight. Who is that? Well, there's the, there's the pair. There's the White Knight. And that's usually the guy that you go with after a breakup. So he's the guy who kind of pacifies you. You know, you're... He, he may be a very sweet man, but he's really not the one that you're that attracted to. You end up leaving him for, and I, the next one is the Dark Knight. And that's the guy that rides up on his Harley, and he's exciting. You know, the, the White Knight's at home cutting his grass. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're getting bored with him. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's being responsible. We're taking right. off with the bad boy. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and then who's the cookie monster? Oh, that's the sweetie. Oh. He's, he's, he loves equivalent to empty calories. He tastes good, he looks good, but he's not very good for you, just like a cookie or a cake or if you're eating too much sweets, you know what, how, what that can do to your body? Right. Same thing. He does it to you, your mind. He's like sweet and he tastes great, but... He's not giving you what you need, no nourishment. He's not giving back in the relationship. So, okay, help me understand this more. So it's like it's a nice guy, but you're not getting anything from him? Well, he's the one who usually looks good, tastes good, but he's he's not. He'll come over at 11 o'clock at night, but he's not during the day. You know, he doesn't really give you much in the form of a relationship. Ah, okay. He's, he's not really commitment material. But he's just fun to be with. Got it. He's the party guy. Oh, okay. Okay. So then you have the 12-step program for fixing the picker. And uh, let's go through some of the steps. Um, the first, okay. The first one I totally identify with because I'm actually doing this right now. And that's the, the personal retreat. Oh, wonderful. Yes, the personal retreat is just taking some time off to work on yourself. And that was a hard one for me. It's a hard one for a lot of women. It's you stop dating. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, and particularly me, I liked the positive affirmations from the outside. I like to get attention from men. Yes. I would, I would go online and, or I would do other, you know, I would dress up in a way that attracted men because that's what women are supposed to do. We're supposed to be attracted to men. Mm-hmm. But in a personal retreat, you're, you're going to stop looking for that attention and focus on yourself. And it's difficult to do, but it is necessary because then you, you're changing the focus from the outside to the inside. 
Right. But then, you know, what are you supposed to do if men are focused on you anyways? Well, you you tell them what you're doing. Oh, okay. You so tell them what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Just say, I'm taking some time off right now, and, you, you know, I'll contact you in 30 days or something. Usually, if, if they care about you, they're fine with it. If they don't, if they're not fine with it, they don't really care about you. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a way to weed them out. Mm. If, if all they're really wanting to do is get your attention when you're trying to work on yourself, then they're really more self-centered than you probably want in your life. Right. And, and plus, yeah, if someone's really interested and you tell them, no, I can't date for 30 days, 60 days, if they're really interested, they'll, they'll be counting down the days waiting. Exactly, exactly. And they'll be fine with it. They're like, oh, good, take care of yourself. I want a healthy woman. Yeah. Um, I guess my retreat is a little different than that. Um, it's more like I'm not really dating, and it's been like six months. Oh, uh, that's good. The yeah. The longer, the better. The longer, the better. Yeah, I, I put like you know, 30, 60, 90 days is kind of a minimum because when women first see it, they're like, wow, I don't want to take that much time off. But once you start taking the time for yourself, it, it doesn't seem like that big a deal. And then the months can add up and you're, you know, people go, wow, nine months you haven't dated. And it's not that big a deal when you're working on yourself, you're having fun, you're doing things with girls or, you know, what you're, you're still doing still stuff. You're still living life. Yeah, you're just course. not focusing on male attention. Yeah, because I, I think everyone seems to just jump from relationship to relationship or dating situation to dating situation. And when you say, okay, when you say, if you were to tell someone, okay, take a nine-month or six-month break, they'd be like, what? Exactly, exactly. It's scary. No, no. But, yeah, but take, just taking a little bit of time. I have a, a group of girls I've been working with, and they were supposed to take, you know, six months or uh, six weeks time off. And now they're working on like six months. Mm-hmm. And they never thought they would be that way. But they're kind of like, you know, we're really enjoying this. We've got, as we start working on ourselves, we're seeing some more things we'd like to have uh, rectified before we start dating. So yeah. you're clearing out all this old stuff prior to getting into a relationship because it's still there. If you get into a relationship, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to do it one day. So you might as well do it now before you get in a relationship and you start, you know, getting upset about something that was silly or, you know, whatever, whatever it is your situation is going to be. If it's an unworthiness thing, then all of a sudden you start wondering, uh, do they really, you're looking for affirmations from them. Do they really want to be in a relationship with me? And that can, that can be, come off as needy. So mm-hmm. if you can clear that out, that makes a better relationship. Yeah, and also, um, you know, I, you had a quote in here by John Bradshaw that I can't find right now. But basically, I mean, I think until you can stop a problem, you have to stop what you're doing and go into like, a, you know, like ground zero or neutral for a while. And then you can move on back to dating because... You're not going to just change what you were doing all of a sudden just by saying, okay, I'm going to change and let me go date the next guy and I'm going to change. It's like, no, you have to not date um, also just to see that you're fine and um, you have a – actually, I'm you know, I, I'm actually very happy. <laughs> I'm a little too happy by myself here and, um, you know, my life is – Well, the thing is if you're not happy alone, you're never going to be happy in a relationship. What The relationship actually brings out your emotions more. Yes. So, so any emotions that you're you're having trouble dealing with now are going to be magnified. So if you don't feel comfortable with yourself, you're definitely not going to feel comfortable in a relationship because then all of a sudden you're, the stakes are higher. He might leave you now, and then what happens? Yeah. When you're alone, it's, it's a little bit easier. So, oh, yeah, you, the more you can do right now, the, the so much better the relationship is going to be. Yeah, and also in taking the break, I think you just give your heart and your soul and your psyche a break because if you've never done that, you know, sometimes you need a break. Just like we need to sleep to rest from uh, our daily activities, you need to take a break from your dating. And when you do that, then you come out on the other side, I think, refreshed and renewed and ready to do it right this time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, and then another um, in this 12-step program is journaling. So what is that? Journaling is just writing down your thoughts and feelings every day. And it's, you're only doing a couple pages. I mean, you could do more if you wanted. 
but you're going through, it's a process of clearing out. You're trying to get to those emotions that you've had. A lot of people have emotions that have been buried for years, you know, the, the stuff we've been trying to hide and push down. And you're going, by journaling, you're getting rid of the superfluous stuff and getting down to those emotions. Yeah, you and know. then the, the next part, the one next one you're going to talk about is meditation, and that those two combined um, help you get down to that that piece where you're trying to get to to really find the underlying feelings that you have. Yeah, and with the journaling, which I do, it's like it's addictive. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, my journaling actually turned into magazine articles. Oh. Yeah, and you don't. And it sounds almost crazy. It's like, how can it be addictive? But I, um, when I was going through someone something last year, I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. And it, and whenever something would happen, I would get anxiety or whatever. I'd have to. It's like, okay, where's my book? I got to go write. And just thinking that, just writing it down in a book, is it going to help? But it actually does. Mhm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because it all of a sudden you don't have to carry it around, rattling around in your brain anymore. Oh, is, is that the reason why it's so uh, so helpful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've already have it written down, so your mind goes, "Oh, okay, I don't have to keep remembering this like I have, you know, like you keep remembering where you put your keys, or you know, I got to remember that, I got to remember to call Joe, I got to remember to call Joe." Well, you wrote it down; you don't have to remember anymore. It's like, all right, I know it's there. If I need to look it up again, I'm fine with it, and you're, it gives you permission to let it go. Yeah, and I actually suggested this to a friend of mine once, and he's and he was afraid to do it. He's like, no, and I go, why? And he goes, I'm afraid of what I might find out. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's still it's still there though. Yeah. Even if you don't know it, it's still there, and it can be wreaking havoc on your life. And you might as well find it out, and then you can do something about it. Exactly. Okay, then another one um, is the positive affirmations, and you said that the main way a woman hurts herself is through negative self-talk. Right, yes. Um, I can't remember. I think it was East, uh, East, Easterbrook who had the quote about, or no, I think it's John Gray. John Gray talks about how women hurt themselves by negative self-talk. Men will go outside themselves. War, fighting, mm-hmm. you know, the men will pour off their energy that way. Mm-hmm. Women tend to affect themselves internally. So the positive affirmations are very important for women because we, we feel, oh, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. We keep rattling around that in our head. But what we need to say is, um, I am, you know, I, I deserve love, or I'm a child of God, I'm worthy, I am worthy. You know, all, the, all those, whatever you need to do for yourself to give that positive affirmation that, that you are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like for me, like affirmations don't work because they seem like fake, like saying to myself, okay, I deserve love, I deserve love, saying that, to, I just, I, I don't believe it, so um, what I do is I either replace it with a positive thought, so if I have a negative thought about myself, I either replace it with a positive thought, or I just tell myself to shut up. <laughs> yes, I mean, turning it off is great, and you, a positive affirmation is replacing it with a with a positive thought, when you have that negative thought, so if you, if some people will meditate, and I've done this, I do this, I'll meditate over a mantra of like a, a positive affirmation, and I'll keep doing it for a while. And at first, it feels silly, and particularly if I don't, if it doesn't resonate with what I feel inside. Mm-hmm. So if it's the complete opposite of what I feel, like I am worthy. If I don't feel worthy, I'm going to be like this is dumb. Yeah. But I, then I know that's the one I got to do because I don't feel worthy. So I have to keep going until like it really sinks in that I am worthy. I am worthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, you said that you know the way that you talk to yourself is the way that a partner will talk to you. You'll attract that kind of partner that will talk to you in the same way. So that's another reason you need to change the negative self-talk. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you if you're like you're an idiot, and then they, when they say, "Oh yeah, you're an idiot," how can you how can you <laughs> disagree with them right you can't <laughs> you can't so you're like oh, okay. yeah that's true i guess i, I am, am an idiot, idiot. I am an idiot. I don't, <laughs> yeah i don't want to be an idiot right so, yeah and, and that's one of the reasons why the more work you do the more time you take 
the better relationship that you find yourself in because you've done more of the work, the more positive affirmations. So if you get into a relationship, and I've actually had this happen, Mm -hmm. where they said something to me that I didn't agree with that hurt my feelings, I was able to say, you know what? That hurts my feelings. I don't really like that. And then they, they were able to change the way they talked to me. But it was only because I had reinforced myself with the positive affirmation. Right. Yeah, I had that same thing happen recently where, um, you know, I usually let the guy call. So I would never call this guy. And so he was not very happy about that. So he called me one time. and He's like, well, how come you never call me? What, you think you're too good to call me? And and I was like, wow, you know, there's no need for him mm-hmm. to, to talk to me like that. I'm like, I'm not thinking that I'm too good to call for him. You know, but obviously he thinks that I think that I'm too good to call him. And so I, right. I brought it up and I said, that's not cool. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a, it's a subtle way of like kind of putting you down and, and trying to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, no, I'm not going to buy this. I'm not buying into this game. Right. I'm I'm I am worthy of better. Yeah. And yeah, and that's why. And, and I was able to bring it up and then he apologized. Right. So, yeah, and we, I talk about in the book of male and female energy, and the male is supposed to be the one who pursues, depending on the type of relationship. You know, it, you, as the cougar expert, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of it kind of skews the relationships a little bit. So if you're if you're in a situation where the woman's older, then that changes the energy. So then you may be the one who's pursuing, but in a historic male female relationship. The male is usually the one who pursues. So he's the one who should be calling. Right. And also, even with the cougar things, I do teach the women that, you know, he's still a man. And I actually let them uh, tell them to have the guy call, uh, calling and pursuing. And, and more not often than not, it's actually the guys that are initiating these relationships. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> even though the whole world thinks that these women are out there prowling after these young guys. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it, it, well, it all depends on what you want. There's some women that really want to have that male, and yeah. they want to be the more dominant one. Definitely. So, and that's why, and those those tend to be um, eight, slightly age different. But, yeah. it's, again, it's, it's defining what you want in a relationship. And everybody is different, and everybody's entitled to exactly what they want. They deserve everything they want. Exactly. Yeah, we're actually going to talk about the energy thing in a minute, but I just want to finish a few more of these uh, steps. Um, then how about uh, pampering yourself? Of course, I love that one. Oh, yeah, that's a real hard one to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm requiring you to go to a, mas- a masseuse or go to the salon for a pedicure or a haircut. Mm. You're going to do something every week to pamper yourself and make yourself feel good because, again, no one's going to treat you better than you treat yourself. So if you want to be treated well, then you treat yourself well. So you do something very good for yourself. And that, that's part of, you know, another part of the book is eating right and taking care of yourself. Again, it's, it, you want to do some exercise. You want to get enough sleep because you are now telling the world by the way you treat yourself what how you want to be treated. Right. I actually did all three this week, hair, nails, and massage. <laughs> ah, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, but then how about, let's see, a guy listening to this would be like, oh, well, she sounds high maintenance. That she's high maintenance? Yeah, they think if someone does all those things all the time that they're high maintenance. Well, he doesn't know you're doing them. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily know you're doing them. But I know. But the, his, the guy usually appreciates the nice nails and the, the nice haircut. And again, it. Then that's good. If the guy's going to be is going to say that, you don't want to change yourself for a man. No. So if if he's the kind of guy that goes, oh, she's just high maintenance, let him walk by anyway. Right. Because apparently he's not going to uh, he's going to want you to be less than you really are, or really can be. Yeah. There's this photo of me actually in in South Beach, and I'm wearing you know a nice dress, nice heels, my hair's done, and a guy made a comment, and he wrote, "She looks high maintenance." Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, that, again, it's probably somebody that doesn't really care about himself that much. You know, he just he he thinks he's not in the running, so he's going to put you down. Right. It's like, yeah. Since when is looking good now become high maintenance? Right. Right. <laughs> 
Um, okay, another step is, uh, another favorite one is daydreaming. What does that consist of? You're going to start dreaming about the life that you want because that's where it all begins. You can't, you can't build anything until you first envision it. Everything begins with a vision. So if I want to build a house, I have to think about what I want in the house. If I'm going to build a life or if I'm going to build a relationship, I've got to think about what I want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's what the daydreaming is. You start daydreaming about what you want. And then later on, we're going to figure out exactly, we're going to quantify what you've been thinking about. So you just start, because you, when you first start daydreaming, you're like, I'd like to live on the French Riviera. I would like to, <laughs> you have all these different things yes. that really don't fit together. Right. So then later on, after you, you throw it all into a big pile, you start going, well, what's really important? What do I really want? Where do I really want to live? What kind of job do I really want to have? And then that's going to dictate the type of relationship you're going to have because you want to have one that fits in with the lifestyle that you really want. Right. And then one final step is kind of similar to daydreaming, and that's the vision board. The vision board, yes. And that's where you finally take all the things that you've been thinking about, and then you're going to represent, take representations of them. So you're going to take different pictures or words, mostly pictures, because a picture is worth a thousand words, mm-hmm. and you put them onto a board. And I tell a joke in the book about how you have to be careful where you get your sources from. I had gone to the library, and I found a bunch of magazines for like a nickel apiece, and they were, they were water sports and surfing magazines. So I cut out pictures of couples, happy couples, but they all tended to be like on a boat or walking on the beach. And I ended up, the man that I met after doing all this was a yacht broker. And mm-hmm. on our second date, he took me out on a yacht. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 was, it was actually very representative of the relationships I found. So you want to make sure that you, you know, if, if you... Uh, if you want to live in South Florida or if you want to live in California, you don't want to probably get uh, better homes and gardens winter edition. Right. No. And, <laughs> to take and, pictures out of. And how long did it take from when you cut out those pictures to when you met the guy? Uh, about two months. Wow. I began I began dating, and I went and I dated several different guys, and then finally I met the one I'm with. That I decided that this is going to be the one I wanted a relationship with. And what happens is you kind of get, in the beginning when you first start dating, you get, you, it's almost like you kind of get the minimum. And, and it's like, all right, this guy comes along. And then you're like, well, he's okay, but I want to have somebody. For example, I met one guy. He was a great guy, but he really didn't have, um, he was trying to go back to school. So he was going to be, financially locked up for a while. And I said, you know, he's great, but, but I don't really want somebody that's financially locked up for a while. Mm-hmm. So, and then I met somebody else, and he was good, but he had some other issues. So the, the more that I went through the people and I said no to the, you know, I said yes to, like, all the dates, but then I said, no, I want something different, then the next one that came along had that something different. Uh-huh. Or had, as I clarified it. Right, so you kept moving up the scale, so to speak. Exactly. Okay, cool. Actually, something uh, funny happened last week. I was driving around, and uh, I saw two different couples standing um, near, like on the sidewalk, hugging and looking at each other. And so I looked at them, and I thought, yes, me too. I want that too. So then I had a date that night with an ex-boyfriend. We just were having dinner. And then at the end of the night, we're like standing on the sidewalk, hugging each other. And I'm like, oh, my God, that happened real fast. Exactly, exactly. When you're clear, when you start getting into this and you get really clear about what you want, it all of a sudden shows up and you're like, wow, I can't believe this. Yeah. It, it becomes it's pretty amazing. Yeah, he's not the one I want to be standing on the sidewalk hugging, but okay, so he's the first step. Now we move on to someone I actually want. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's, the universe is telling you that you can have anything you want. You want that? Here it is. Right. So now you just have to clarify it. Well, yes, I want it, but I want the guy to be... Six foot tall and da 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 da, you know. Exactly. Emotionally, emotionally available, yes. single. Yes, I want me. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, also make sure to include straight. <laughs> exactly, the whole list. And and in the book, I have you. You're going to do a list. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have you do a, a you have a plan a man chapter where you're going to make a list of what's important to you, and I have um, would likes and negotiables and must haves and deal breakers. So you're going to go through there and figure out what exactly you want, and then if the guy has all your must haves, then the other parts are kind of negotiable because some women will go, they'll have a list that is so strenuous that no man can meet it. Yeah, or they go into a relationship without a list. And they try to change the guy because they don't really look for what they really want. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, like like most women, of course, I like a tall man myself. I'd prefer six foot. But for like the last two years, everyone I've dated has been like my height or shorter. And I'm only 5'6". Ah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so it, and it depends on where it is on that list, you know. So some people would say that height could be a deal breaker. Other people would be... Um, negotiable. So it, it all it all depends on where it's important to you. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so we talked about male and female energy earlier. I want to touch upon that a bit more. So you said that um, you have to decide before your next relationship, once you finish these twelve steps, if you want to be the male or female energy. So talk a bit about that. Well, the female energy is the receiving energy. So that, but it also the female also gives. But it's a softer energy. They're more gentle. The male energy is the pursuer. So in the relationship, he's going to pursue, and he's going to usually have the resources, the money, um, and he's going to make the plans. And then the woman receives, or the female receives. So she'll, he opens the door. He pays for the meals. And that's how the courtship begins. Now, later on, you can kind of negotiate those boundaries a little bit more um, if you get into a relationship, but you have to decide which way you want to be. Do you want to be the pursuer? Do you want to walk in? Do you want to call the shots, or are you willing to follow, to Mm -hmm. follow some? Mm -hmm. Because you can't have two leaders. Right. You end up butting heads all the time. You have power struggles, and the, the relationship falls apart. Well, what if you're mixed energy? Because I, I, sometimes I like to be male and sometimes I like to be female. Well, like I said, you can negotiate it later mm-hmm. on once mm-hmm. you get into a relationship. But you have to decide in the beginning which way you want to be. Now, as you get into the relationship, you can decide, like, for example, in my relationship, I am definitely female energy. I want to be on the receiving end. I want to be taken care of. I want to be pampered. Uh, I like... I like the female energy. I also give. I mean, I give with respect to taking care of him. I do all the the, the cooking and that type of thing. I guess that's more of a female role. But in exchange, um, in exchange for the, you exchange the different energies mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So one of the things that I took over, he wanted me to take over, was the finance, writing the bills. Now, that's a predominantly male energy role, Mm -hmm. but um, we negotiated that. So I have, we have now we're more mixed energy. Does that make sense? Right, yes. And you you do it, you negotiate it slowly so you don't end up having a power struggle. Now, there's a few times where, because I lived on my own and, you know, I have my certain things that I want and things I want in a certain way Mm -hmm. that I've had to bite my tongue because (laughs) I have to step back and go, all right, what is my, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? Uh And and where am I really trying to go with this? Because sometimes I'll stay stubborn on something that really doesn't matter. Like, like what, like what was, were you used to doing on your own that you had to bite your tongue about? Um, it may be something to, Away, I can't think of something. I uh, <laughs> guess it wasn't that important. Well, then. Oh, one of, okay, no, I remember it one. Um, the color of the living room. Now that was I was like adamant that you know I'm I'm an artist that I understand color and that the color really needs to be a. I was going for a lighter color. Yeah. He wanted brown. I know. Guys always want brown. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> exactly. It, and I'm like, no, you can't, you can't. So I'm, I'm, we're, we're arguing over something as silly as the wall color, and I had to finally go, you know what? I'll tell you what. 
I, I, let's go with brown. It's fine. And I ended up doing, instead of uh, fighting about it, I said, hey, how about a, a faux finish like a, with a, a coffee, like a cream of a coffee? So I got, we negotiated. I got him to go a little bit lighter. So it, it was more of a, um, a tan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a real dark brown. Yeah. And then I got like a faux finish, so it was kind of like a leather look. It, it, looked, it came out really great. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had to get off my soapbox. I couldn't like stand there and, and you know, hold my ground because it, I would have I would have lost, and that wouldn't be the proper energy. Yeah, like I. The theme, the, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say I noticed that guys like especially like they always have this brown furniture or they have these ugly beds with this big you know dark wood. And a friend of mine actually had a bed like that. It was like horrible. And I go, if you got married and your wife didn't like this bed, would you change it? And he said, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, anyway, he would be giving in. But if you, so you gotta, sometimes you got to like figure out exactly what's important to you. Yeah. Is, is, is the color of the furniture or the color of the wall that important compared to the relationship? So, and you got to look at the at the background too. And in his particular situation, um, he was mar- He had been married before, mm-hmm. and his wife had a certain color palette, which actually happened to be very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. And he felt like he wasn't being represented. So when he wanted to go with the brown, that was really important to him because he wanted to finally have a say in the color. So by me saying okay, maybe let's work with the Browns, that that made him feel, um, it made him feel so much better than almost anything I could have done, I, being nice or cooking him a meal or something like that, by by saying, hey, I want, let's work this out together, because it's really not that that important to me. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's almost my ego wanted to yeah. Say the because oh, I but I'm an artist, so in my house it's supposed to look like this. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. A whole discussion over the, <laughs> the color of the living room. Um, now you said something which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, you you used the word lazy. You said if your date has been dating mixed or energy or male energy females, he may have become lazy. I've heard the. Um, you know, people use women using the word spoiled, that the guys are spoiled. They don't want to be the male energy. They don't want to come over. They don't want to drive. They don't want to pay. Do you think that if someone has become lazy, um, but they, uh, you come at them with feminine energy, that it's possible they'll go back to being the dominant male? Oh, yeah. They love it. They're, all of a sudden, they're going, whoa, where have you been all your entire life? I'm tired of all these women that don't appreciate a man. Let me open the door for you. Let me pay for this. They love it. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> they will snap out of that laziness instantly. Snap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't want to fight. They don't want to fight. They don't want to argue. They don't want to be have it difficult. They just want to make it easy. But once you go, once you tell them the way you want to be treated, then it's so easy for them. Because what they get confused with women that do mixed emotions, it's almost like it's not really lazy. It's almost like they shut down because mm-hmm. they really don't know what to do. You know, one one girl wants, you know, they get upset if you ask, offer to pay. They get upset if you want to go Dutch. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> right. I can see that. And then also you mentioned about the woman that when in the book that when she was interested in men, she suddenly became male energy. When she what? When she was interested in a guy, she suddenly turned her male energy on? Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's some women, all of a sudden, a man walks in the room and she wants him, she goes into hunter mode. She's like, you know, pulls out the old... uh, The bow and arrow. The old bow and arrow, exactly. (laughs) And she's going to go get that guy. Now, if a guy is a pure male energy guy, he's going to be turned off by that. He doesn't want a woman that pursues him. Because he's going to say, oh, this doesn't feel right. I'm supposed to be the pursuer. So if you want a male energy guy, what a, a female, what you're supposed to do is, you know, um, there's a country song that says, hey, pretty lady, just give me the sign. Mm. That's what you're supposed to do. You give them the sign, and then you sit back. The men know the sign. Mm. They're going to pick it up. You don't have to beat them over the head with it. No. You give them the little smile, give them the little, you know, little flip of the hair, they're coming. 
<laughs> if right. he's available, yes. he's coming. Yes. I mean, he, I mean he'll, he'll come to you. But if you go to pursue him, a lot of times you'll turn him off. Or and, you'll make him lazy. Because what they'll do is they'll say, hey, she's coming at me like a man. She must want what a man usually wants. That would be a sexual relationship and nothing more. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the woman's all upset because she can't figure out how, why she, she can't get a relationship. Yeah, and so then one final question. Do you think that's why, like, the guys that we're not interested in, uh, that they're so interested in us? Because since we're not interested in them, we don't turn on our our male energy. We stay in the female. We don't do anything, and that's why they're so interested. Exactly, exactly. You get the, you get the ones you're not interested in. And I, I actually have that example in the book where the girl was, she became very... May, you know, she starts going on an interview. She likes the guy. She's like, "What are you going to be in five years? You want to have children? You want to?" You know, she puts on his last name, tries it out. She's already married before the end of the date, and then the guy she doesn't like, she like lets him go. She just listens to him. She like laughs a little right. bit. Yes. She's no, there's no pressure. Yes. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the guy she's not interested in is going, "This girl's great." No pressure. And the other guy's going, "Oh my god, I was at the Spanish Inquisition." <laughs> So, yeah, that's what they mean when they say the guy that you like, you have to act as if you don't like him. So it means be female energy and don't don't pursue. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Good. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. It's been great having you, you on, Don. Yeah, I think I learned a lot as usual. I'm sure a lot of people did. Uh, again, the book, The Broken Picker Fixer, From Heartbreak to Soulmate, Finding the Love You Desire in 12 weeks or less. And uh, there's a lot going on at the site, the website. She's offering a lot of free things. So... And that's the brokenpickerfixer.com. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Take Thank care. Thank you so much, Eugene. All right. This was so much fun. I'm glad. I had fun. Okay. Bye, Don. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Another wonderful session with another wonderful Arthur. Ar- Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. If I do say so myself, Arthur was the name of my masseur a few days ago. He, he said I looked 75. I think he meant 25, at least I hope so. Okay, it's time for me to hit the road. And thank you so much for joining me today. My website is theartoflove.net. My uh, book, Lucia's Lessons of Love, is available at lessonsoflove.net. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.